and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. We have our guest, Jan Mundo, who was actually with us before, episode 155. We were talking with her about the healers, the headache healers handbook, and we ran out of time. Uh, the hour just wasn't long enough to talk about all of the wonderful things that she has in this book, and we were going to focus on part four of her book called Hands On, The Healing Power of Touch. But for those of you who have not had a chance to listen to episode 155, let me tell you a little bit bit about Jan. Uh, She has held headache programs at medical centers, universities, and corporations, including Kaiser Permanente, Stanford University, and Apple. She's a certified master somatic coach and massage therapist with advanced training in multiple healing modalities. And she lives down in New York City. So she's a New York girl like me. And uh, the book, again, that she came out with is called The Headache Healer's Handbook, a holistic hands-on somatic self-care program for headache and migraine relief and prevention. So welcome back, Jan. Thank you, April. Good to be with you and your listeners. Yes. So, gosh, where do we pick up from? I know that we were starting to talk about different ways and different techniques that you created to help people that were really experiencing those horrible migraines. And I remember um, we briefly talked about... It was the C-curve because at at the time I was going through some physical therapy myself with posture and you talk a lot about that as well in in section four, part four of your book about posture. There's a little bit of the C-curve in there. And what I loved is that in your book, you said this could be corrected. And my physical therapist said, well, it's structural and this, you're going to have this for the rest of your life, but we could possibly improve your posture. So they made me feel really sad and you gave me a lot of hope. So I was like, okay, I want to talk to her more about these different techniques that she has to improve um, our bodies and the pain that we're in. Yes. Well, that's great. I'm glad I gave you hope. Have you had a chance to um, work with any of it? I have, and I'm still in, in my physical therapy. And what I find is some of the um, stretches and the massage that my physical therapist is doing, I'm trying a different physical therapist now because the first one just wasn't quite working out too well. Um, and I wasn't having the relief that I wanted, but I'm noticing that even some of the massages that you have here in part four are some things that they have been teaching me to do and or do themselves to help manipulate and loosen up my neck. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, I think the first thing that you mentioned really is so important, which is about hope and that our bodies can change. I mean, everybody's different, but there are things that we can do by tuning in and becoming close observers of how we live in our bodies and how our posture is. And just over time and because of habits, because of what we've learned, because of what we've mimicked around us, even from when we were just toddlers and learning how to walk and move, you know, if you watch people and you watch little kids when they first learn how to move and walk and mobile <laughs> mobilize they will mimic what their parents do it's just what they're used to and that's reality for them so we just get 
used to it and then things get fixed over time. And so the C curve, especially in our culture with head forward posture, leaning in toward the computer, leaning, you know, like toward what we're seeing, toward what we're doing, um, gripping the steering wheel in a car and leaning our heads forward to see the, especially if you're vertically challenged like me, <laughs> at leaning over to see um, the, the road, right? And just paying close attention, say even driving at night, trying to look and see better. Um, texting and anything about using our devices, we bend our heads down and then our necks um, are craned forward. And all those kinds of postures create what I call the C-curve, which is, you know, your body literally, when you look at it from the side, from your, look at your profile, it forms a C-shape with your head forward, your neck curved forward. Um, a lot of times the back is curved as well in that C. And then a lot of times your tail is tucked under. So that promotes um, holding your shoulders. It, it works your shoulders and engages the muscles in your trapezius trapezius muscles, your upper shoulders, and your neck muscles, and your lower skull muscles, so that they're always contracted and held in this position. Then they get used to being that position, and it's hard to bring your your head back over your shoulders. So if you can bring your head back over your shoulders so that you align your, when looking to the side, and even if you touch your ear, the side of your shoulder, and then the side of your hip... If those can be in a vertical line, then um, you can use gravity to settle your weight and so that gravity can support your weight as opposed to your shoulders having to hold up the weight of your head. So that's the, the first place to start, even when you're doing the self-massage, because if you're working on yourself and you're out of alignment, then you're kind of working against yourself and it's hard to get anywhere. So you want to try and bring yourself in correct alignment first. Now, what happens when people have held themselves this way for a long time is sometimes they can't. So if I'm working with clients, I'll say, okay, well, bring your head over your shoulders and align your ear and your shoulders and your hips. They can't do it because their muscles are built up. It's like doing biceps curls and their muscles are built up in that way where they're out of alignment. So it takes kind of a easing the tissue with your touch as well as slowly bringing the head back over the shoulders. And then the other thing that people do is that they, when you say bring your head back over your shoulders, they tend to tilt their chin up and look up. So you want to keep your head level where you're looking straight ahead and bring your whole head back so that you're level. And it's not a one-off. So it's a process where you <laughs> will do it and then you'll find yourself back and then you have to do it again. It's like you can create a loop between your body and the positioning it's in and then what you're doing. So you're noticing and you're working with what you're doing 
And then you realize that, oh, I just brought my head back over my shoulders and here I am, craned, my neck craned forward again, my head like halfway, you know, my eyes into the computer and just we get so intent and I'm guilty too. So it's it's a process where I'll do it and I'll find myself back there again. You just have to kind of keep doing it. Just like you notice your thirst and you drink water, you know, right? you notice you're hungry and you eat something. So it's just a, a process. It's not just like you do it once. Yeah, and as you said, it's like when you're retraining those muscles for my personal experience was I was almost in a little more pain starting to recorrect my posture because the muscles were not used to holding and being in the correct position. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when you've had so many years of inappropriate posture, how long it takes to like, like you said, just retrain everything. And the other thing that I thought was interesting that you talked about, um, the C curve too, is, is that there's an emotional component where, you know, the body is trying to protect, uh, that heart space, maybe not wanting to be as vulnerable or really protecting. And I was wondering if you could talk about that too. Mm, yeah. You know, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot about that part. It's true because, you know, some of it is just physical. So we get used to being in this physical posture, but with some people, there is an emotional component where, you know, that's like protective. It's almost like we have a turtle shell in the back and then um, we, as well as, a vertical C curve, people can also curve their shoulders forward, which is also part of, say, we're typing on the computer, we're using our devices. So by, you know, we're, we're holding the steering wheel by nature, we do things with our arms forward, but it also creates a, a horizontal C curve where our shoulders are forward. And then that has the effect of protecting our heart. And so sometimes that posture starts out being um, generated by an emotional component where we, we want to feel safe or we're, we're sad or we're not feeling well. And so we, um, especially if somebody has migraines and they're constantly in pain, they just almost don't have the energy. There, there might be depression that goes with it and sadness and frustration and um, the sense of giving up, like nothing's ever going to change. So they just kind of, when you're not, you know how it is when you're not feeling well, you can just barely hold your body up. So that gets created that way as well. And so it's protective. So one of the things about opening, um, not only the C curve vertically, but horizontally. So where you bring your shoulders back and you bring um, the middle of your chest forward. So you can try that by even tapping on your sternum, your best bone, like that vertical bone in the middle of your chest. And if you just lightly tap on it up and down, or if you can hear it, <laughs> that I'm doing it right now. And then you can tap on it and then kind of pull, almost pull it forward as if you had a, this imaginary spider silk and just kind of grasp that between your fingers and your thumb and pull it straight out and let your chest, the middle of your chest follow, it opens up your chest and let your shoulders come back, not pull them back, but just let them come open so that your full chest is facing open. And that does feel, it can feel 
more give you more strength but it can also if you're used to kind of that collapse and holding everything close to you it can feel more vulnerable and so that's a practice too yes thank you now in uh, episode 155 I remember when you came on the show we had you go through all the different types of headaches so if people want to review that they can but in part four you do talk about the different protocols for the different types of headaches and how you know people can use their hands to massage it out and to help them and I was wondering if maybe we can go through a couple of the protocols for a few of the different types of headaches maybe the tension headache um, and the migraine with tension headache symptoms? Yes. So tension headache is where you feel this tightness or tension like a hat bound around your head. And um, you can also feel it in your shoulders and neck, not only the back of your neck, but the sides of your neck. A lot of times people aren't aware of the tension they hold in the sides of their neck, and they think it's only coming from the back. And you can also feel it in your lower skull. So for that, I teach people how to ease out that tightness and tension. And sometimes they'll feel knots, kind of like you'll feel a stuck point in the back of your neck or the back of your skull. So your lower skull. So um, the protocol for that is you want to ease it out. And so we'll use, you, we'll latch onto the skin and use like little circles and back and forth movements so that you can move that tissue and move that tightness. And you're working in ever deepening layers. And with that tension type headache, you don't have the same kind of symptoms that you have with migraine, which with migraine, you have more pulsing, pounding on the head, but it's not just a, a, a physical sensation on your head. You feel this whole body phenomenon where your um, balance gets off kilter and you feel you can feel nauseated. People might vomit. They might have um, um, sensitivity in, in their eyes and their ears and um, their nose so that they everything seems amplified the visual and smell and sound disturbances seem amplified um, everything seems louder and brighter and smells stronger and so you have all that going along with it and so for that you wouldn't want to do the massage where you're creating more movement because you want to um, still that pulsing and pounding. And that's more of a technique where we work directly on the head and on the sensations of the headache pain itself and the pulsations. And it's like working with a cycle of sensations where we will still the pulsations in front and then release them to the back of the head and get everything moving in one direction. It's kind of like fixing a broken circuit or creating... Um, uh, like fixing a break in the line of, say, a water pipe uh, where you're, there's a break in the line and you want to restore flow. So that's a different technique. That's what I call the Mundo method of, of stilling the actual headache. And that also will reverse those other symptoms that I talked about. It's almost like working directly through the brain. Someday somebody will study this and figure out what the heck is going on because I'm really curious. I've been doing that for 50 years. And I'm really curious about how this touch 
really subtle touch and focused concentration of working with the actual sensations of pain can reverse all those symptoms. So that's what what we do when we have a migraine. Now, some people have what used to be called mixed headaches. Um, um, now they're these symptoms are kind of or this syndrome is folded into the definition of migraine, but they used to call it mixed headache or or um, combination uh, migraine and tension type headache. So somebody might have the tension and tightness in their um, lower skull, neck and shoulders or feel a knot in one of those places. Um, and they'll feel all the other symptoms that I just talked about with a migraine. So with those, it's really interesting because it's almost like you have a a hat or a, a, a tightness or overall squeezing that's holding down the the migraine. So the migraine at first doesn't seem as strong, but you might have all those other symptoms of nausea and, and the visual and sound sight and smell disturbances. But um, they're kind of held in by the tension part. So for those, we would loosen and do the, the first kind of a little more loosening first. And then it's almost as if the migraine starts to blossom or bloom and come forth a little more strongly, which is what you want, so that you can it gets more specific as opposed to being more generalized and all over the place. So then it gives you more specific points and pulsations and sensations to work on and then you do that migraine therapy the mundo method like i talked about right now one of the things that i notice in the illustrations uh, especially in working on the headaches is that it seems like that there's like a lot of pulling down um you know kind of stretching of the skin and or holding um certain areas with some pressure and you know I'm not a massage therapist, obviously, but understanding why there's kind of this this pulling action, is that doing something with the blood in the brain or trying to get the blood and the cerebral fluid just kind of moving around for the headache to dissipate? Or, what, you know, why, why those certain methods as opposed to just, you know, massaging? Because it's pretty specific in your pictures. It's not just like you're taking the head and just massaging it. There are certain ones there, but there's actually pulling away from and pulling down um, motions. And I was just wondering if that's doing anything to the bl to the blood in the brain um, to help the headache subside. That's very observant of you. <laughs> that that is kind of a little different of a technique. So I'll tell you um, the techniques that you described. So there are several chapters in part four. And so um, the first one talks about um, the techniques to be used when you're doing self-massage. And the self-massage are more of the techniques that I talked about with tension headache and um, releasing the tension headache components of migraine. So what you just described are not the techniques of working on the migraine itself. Those are techniques to loosen the tension in um, the head and the face. And um, so those pull downs, and they're not pulling down the skin itself. They're using the skin to latch on and work with the tissue underneath. 
So it's just like when you go to the grocery store and um, you might feel um, a peach or a nectarine, see if it's ripe. When you're um, squeezing, you don't want to squeeze too hard. You're not squeezing the skin. You're latching onto the skin to feel the uh, ripeness of the flesh of the of the fruit underneath. So that's what we're doing um, when we're pulling down. So we're not pulling down on the skin. And so it always takes that balance between getting kind of technical here as far as massage, and I am a massage therapist, um, the the difference between um, or that finding that balance rather between um, pressing in and pulling down. The reason that we pull down is a lot of times we use our bodies up and away from gravity. So, um, and it's especially part of fight or flight when we're stressed, you know, we might tighten up and go, um, what I'd say high in the body. So if you take a deep breath, for instance, right now, and just take a deep breath and let it go. Um, and we might've done this on the air before. What did you notice when you did that? Yeah. I mean, when I'm taking that deep breath in, my whole body extends up and then as I release, it just comes back down. Right. And so um, some of those techniques are, um, or, or, well, what, why that is, is part of fight or flight. And so um, a lot of times when, when you tell people to take that breath, they take it high in their chest. And when you do that, if you noticed, um, what happens is the, that um, high breath makes um the muscles in your upper body contract. So your chest, your shoulders, your upper back, your neck, and your skull a lot of times will contract and raise up. And so those pull downs are to counteract that. And specifically, we do them with the face. So I have them for the forehead and um, the around the eyes and the cheekbones and the jaw because a lot of times um we have what i call social face quote unquote it's not a technical terms it's something i made up so social face is like when we always have to be on right and kind of like the c-curve we do it over time and we don't even realize that we're doing it um for people who meditate and who do breathing practices um, they learn to rest their tongue on the roof of their mouth and um, let their teeth slightly part. And I teach that in the book as well. Um, so that that also starts to counteract that. And that's why I teach some of those things first. Uh, I teach breathing first. And I teach meditation so that you can start to soften around your face and your jaw and your shoulders and align your posture and do all those things so that when you are working with self-massage, you're already halfway there by putting your body in those positions. So when we have social face, say you're at a job where you have to interact with the public. Um, maybe you're a medical professional or you work at a store or you work, um, you know, even in radio when you're interacting with people, you know, even if you're not seen, you're kind of reaching out to people a lot of times, or we we're smiling even in spite of it all, even we're not 
feeling that well or in that good of a mood, you know, because um, it's required in the situation, right? So it kind of causes us to contract all those muscles and pull up and away from gravity. And so breathing and meditation, like I talked about, and this kind of um, latching on and pulling down with these techniques that I showed, it's a way of counteracting us pulling up and away from gravity. Great. And I really do appreciate, um, you know, the technical and the education that you're providing, because in my experience, sometimes when I go to get a massage, I'm just going in, you know, talking a little bit to the massage therapist, letting them know where my aches and pains are, but I don't really know why they're doing certain things, what they're doing, what they're feeling. The massage is over and there's not a whole lot of, lot of education that I've ever gotten when I go into a massage therapist's office. It's just been more like, okay, you're in, I'm here for this massage, help me with this pain. And then it's over and then they're off and they're on to their next massage. So I think it's helpful for us to, you know, kind of get educated by a massage therapist too, to understand, you know, why are they pulling and, you know, doing these certain motions and, you know, trying to help our body to do that. Because when you are practicing, um, you know, the exercises that you gave us in the book, it's helpful for me to know what the purpose is too, you know? Right. And the, the kind of, body work that I do both with clients and that I'm teaching in the book for you to work on yourself, it really is the most effective when it's not only about the purpose of it, but it's also when you bring your mind right to where you're touching and you bring your awareness there. So I talk about that it's different than zone out and work on me and just like fix me massage. When you bring your mind to the exact point that you're working on, it, it, it amplifies your touch and makes it so much more effective because first of all, you're present to the pain or tightness or tension that you already have right in that point. And then as you work on it and ease it, ease it out, you can tell what's different. So that makes it more likely that you can replicate it the next time, but it also makes it so that you can really feel the difference and know that you've made progress and that you're present also for that relaxation so that it's not always about being in your body in pain. You can be present to where your body is in not pain <laughs> and where it feels comfortable. And then if you are feeling comfortable, you know, it's like a habit. The more that you can do that, the more that you can just be it. And over time, just like riding a bike, you don't have to think about it. You can just feel it and be in that, in that place. Yes. Well, Jan, thank you so much for coming back on the Path 11 podcast to share the little bit that we had to cut you off the first time about, but I thought that it was really relevant to follow up with uh, this shorter podcast for people to hear a little bit how you would explain uh, the different techniques in part four of your book and give a little more instruction, which you did. So I'm so glad to have you back on. And um, for our listeners, uh, you can head on over to her website. It is theheadachecoach.com. Well, thank you so much for having me, April. I really appreciate your in-depth questions and your playing with me on the techniques and, you know, experimenting and, and um, letting me get in there and really go in-depth about this. 
If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. You can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Catch you next time.